Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and as always, I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about the concept of receiving, and it, there's really a lot to that, but before we get to it, we usually announce the Mayan. Well, today in Mayan is uh, two wizard and uh, jaguar priest, Ix, yeah. Guide tribe is Kimi. Uh, they step into the previous subject matter, which is an inside story at this point. But uh, let's get on with well, receiving. I, well, one thing about Ix, just real quick before sure. we move on, being tone two, it's a day of managing. And so we're managing information today in your own intuitive information and bridging uh, from one into the other. And it, and it really does correspond with receiving because we receive a lot of things. We receive gifts from people, we receive energy from people and other things, and we also receive uh, messages and guidance and all kinds of things to receive. But one of the first things that I, I wanted to say is that receiving is a gift. It is not an entitlement. And I'd like you to really think about what I'm saying. It is a gift, and a gift is something that comes to you and you are grateful for it. It's not an entitlement. Whenever we feel entitled to something, then we're judging it and it's either meeting our expectations or it is not meeting our expectations. And therefore, the gift is either right or wrong and we get into a completely different arena with it. So entitlement, if you're feeling the sense of entitlement, either through your own receiving or someone you are giving something to feels entitled to it, that is a signal to take a step back that the true giving and receiving energy flowing back and forth is not correct. Yeah, part of the reason you feel the urge to step back when you pay a compliment and the person bats it down is that that person who bats it down has not uh, given you space to be who you are. They haven't recognized you. So you know, you, we um, occasionally get compliments on our show well, we have a great deal of pride in bringing what we can find as the highest, every week we bring the highest frequency of information and consciousness that we can possibly get a hold of and give it as a gift to whoever wishes to receive it. And this, um, if we're going to do a show on the subject of receiving, we, ha we would address the idea that people don't receive really very well. Uh, and there's a reason for that, really. What is it? Oh, uh, the reason for that is ego. That is basically what drives everything on this planet, uh, except for a few who are not driven by ego, but instead um, drawn by love. Yeah. And so this idea of um, stepping down from... Now, the ego's job is to keep everything separate so we can actually have the illusion and it is from the illusion that we derive enlightenment or do not derive enlightenment. There's the Buddhist expression, without the illusion there can be no enlightenment. And since we're all here pitching, searching, uh, desiring to create the enlightenment, okay, which is not peppermint or is there a York patty involved, but the idea of enlightenment. All right, so <clears throat> when we do not receive the other person, it is because of a resistance, and the resistance easily traces to our refusal to be part of the group. Our, we have to be individuals. And so that 
uh, it's again uh, driven by ego. I had uh, ego once, but it crashed into a toaster, uh, <laughs> which makes sense to me and possibly nobody else. But, well, I uh, just said let go of my ego, which is ego, go. which is a waffle, which there is a toaster. Go. See, I guess I'm just a stealth comedian or something. It just gets in there into your subconscious okay. mind. But, so. the, but the idea of uh, getting um, that idea of receiving something, you, you're bringing up some very valuable points because receiving is also akin to listening. And if you cannot listen to the words of another, I, I find this more and more, and maybe it's in the Washington area, maybe that's the, no, no. the big, big thing. It's all over. But, well, I, I would say it's definitely more intense here in, in a lot of ways um, than in other areas that I go to, but everybody has to be the teacher. And we are all teachers, that's true, but it's very hard for people to actually listen to another person, and it's a, it, it is a, valuable resource to uh, uh, germinate within yourself, yeah. to be a good listener. It's amazing what you can learn when you really listen to people. I love to. Sometimes I just like to go to a restaurant and, and get engaged in a conversation and just let somebody tell me about their whole life. I love it. I, I find so much value in that. That's yeah, the only meditation I get. Well, that was a joke whether or not it was picked up. So. What it is that we don't receive, and by that I mean the show is on the subject of receiving, what we don't receive is change. That's what we don't receive. When we are always switched on, when we always have to be the one talking, we become um, thoroughly separated from our environment. We don't get any feedback from it. We don't know what is going on around us. And then with just the slightest breath, there then becomes this huge conspiracy, the idea of, because we're not, we're not monitoring what's going on out there, we're not. We are too busy, um, and the word is jammed on output. If you want to really seriously That's jam a human term. being on output, get him drunk. And you've seen this happen. When you are drunk, you are nothing but output. You are no input, you are only output, up until the arrest, or the vomiting, or the, um, um, emergency ward or the thug beating you up, well, that, et cetera. That's true, and that's a, a term I've used for a long time because it's thug very much like that, the output-input. Yeah. I've uh, said, I've even verbalized that to people in a kind way that you're stuck on output right now. Or you can feel, we all get stuck on output and stuck on input. And the idea is to have it go back and forth. Oh, exactly. And it's not an equal 50-50 thing, but it's to really look inside. And you cannot hear yourself if you're the one that always has to communicate. And so receiving is a huge, huge thing that you give to other people as well. Yeah, so there is, um, there's quite a bit to this. There's other layers of it up. Let me just do one layer up, which is the idea of, um, say you desire something, I wish, um, a new car or whatever that is, a new something, doesn't matter what, okay. And um, we so, well, first of all, we're eclipsed by the blame game. In other words, we have this backwards thing about us that is blame. Uh, anything that comes into your life, it was your idea to pull it in your life. That is the way that works. You cannot say that so-and-so did this and therefore I'm victim of it, it doesn't work that way at all. Exactly. Yeah, so it is that the, uh, lost my thread. Oh, here it is. 
Thank you. No, but I mean the the idea of being uh, having taking the power and giving it over to someone else. Like, oh, are you going to give me permission to do this? Are you going to validate if I do that? It really is taking everything and and recommissioning it to another place. And you said you were taking the concept to one level up. Perhaps that will help trigger what you were going to say. Well, I was wanted to finish the um, blame game uh -huh. concept, mm -hmm. which is where we hold someone else responsible for us, our happiness, our everything else, mm -hmm. and that's. Um, uh, again, a refusal to receive. The blame game generally goes that you you see something you would like and you have the money in your pocket, but you don't buy it. You come back a week later and they're out of it, and then you blame the manager. Uh, so the refusal to acknowledge yourself as the source of what's going on in your life is both the origin of the blame game and is also kin to this refusal to receive that we all seem to be branded with here in the early 21st century. Uh, because we are too busy jammed on output to receive anything in, uh, because we have read a book on a subject or we've heard a tape on a subject and now we have to teach everyone everything. So as soon as anyone triggers anything that we've read or heard, they immediately go into this. The output mode and then they're yeah. not taking in anything new. And Yeah, and that is my entire point. So mm -hmm. the idea that if we are triggered that someone said some buzzword that I'd recently read or learned about or had a thought about or appeared in meditation or however it came through my, my particular matrix, then I don't want to talk about all that and that is a conscious mind choice that I'm making in there. Of course, if I'm unconscious, which happens fairly easy, to, has anyone noticed that? It's fairly easy to become unconscious, I think. You see it happened right there when I said I think? See, it was a statement, that it was a doubt, the well, word, they, I think. Yeah. But, okay. It's a matter of choice either way. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea of uh, being a victim, and there's no such thing as a victim, because everything that happens in your life is your choice, your idea. But the idea mm -hmm. of having someone else take responsibility for a choice you made, and they more than likely came into your life to show you what is not healed about you, that they will, in doing that, reflect what is not healed about them. In other words, if you have anger in your heart, you will attract angry people to you. That is the way that works. So if you just release all that anger, then you'll attract people that aren't really too focused. No, uh, attract people that don't have anger. Because <laughs> you're releasing all have, that anger. <laughs> don't have anger in them. That's who you'll attract, people that are not angry-making, who are mm -hmm. generally very diplomatic and will tend to have a certain configuration of fingerprint on the index finger, which is another whole avenue to open. Yeah. So the idea of uh, seeing, receiving as anti, or not receiving, really when we say receiving, well, we're talking about not receiving. Well, I think, I think it's even larger than this. Mm -hmm. And what you're talking about, in part, was something I was going to address under the topic of rebellion. Yeah. We feel often we vacillate as a people through entitled receiving, meaning give me this, give me that, give me that, that you owe me this, I've done this, you owe me this, but it's never really a verbally agreed upon thing. It's a construct in, in each person's mind and it's very different than the person sitting over there and so everybody's fighting over these rules that don't really exist because everybody's got their own version of it. 
then there is the receiving through rebellion or, or the rebellion to receive. It's like, give me this, but no, I'm not going to take it because you are giving me this. You are trying to control me, dot, dot, dot. There are strings attached. If so-and-so paid, gives me the money for my rent, then I owe them all this. And so what has happened with the giving and receiving, they've turned into actions. And it is my belief that giving and receiving are both states of non-action. Receiving is just allowing something and it's resisting, not resisting, but rising up above the idea that I have to be actively doing something. And I think that that's why it is so difficult for people just to sit and receive because we've been so programmed to be in an action mode, reaching out, grabbing, doing something. So probably about 12 years ago, I was in a meditation about giving and receiving, long before all this stuff that's out there now. And I realized I had a hard time, even if someone gave me a compliment, they said, oh, that's a nice sweater. I had to discount it in some way, or I didn't want them to feel like their sweater wasn't as nice. And I, I really couldn't receive much of anything. I, I was, yeah. the, I can do it myself. I had to do everything myself. So I asked my higher self in a state of meditation to help me to understand what giving and receiving really is. And in front of me on the floor was a lid to a Scrabble game, and there was a marble on the edge of it, and I wanted to pick it up to hold it while I was doing my meditation. And so I picked up the box and I tilted it and the marble ran to me. And in, in that moment, the energies were telling me, tip it back like that and it rolled away. And I tipped it like that and it rolled toward me. And I saw it as this beautiful rhythm that was working within us all. And all I had to do was decide I wanted that marble to come toward me and it came toward me and then I decided that I wanted the marble to move away and my hand with all its intricacies and balance points tilted it and the marble rolled just far enough away that it landed in the bottom and didn't get dumped out and I realized that that's how I work when you really open up to giving and receiving mm -hmm. and then in that same meditation um, I saw prayer as having our hands together and I saw it as circuits just really stopping the flow and so I sat in this position with my hands pointed up, but pointed at my side if you're listening to this on audio rather than right out in front of me with my elbows close to my body. And I realized, oh my gosh, it just opened up to this incredible flow. I would invite everybody to do that right now where your hands are like I'm holding them and you just feel, it creates the feeling of the marble rolling toward you. And hands outstretched creates the feeling of the marble rolling away from you, which is the giving posture. And if you just do this every day and not think about what it is or what you're giving or what you're receiving or measuring, whether it's a good or a bad idea to do it, you'll find that things that are perfect to come to you will just show up and things that are to go will go and it will be a beneficial thing for everyone and will be funded. So that's what I that got. That works really well. Thank you yeah. for showing me that. So if you do that every day, I even have a card in my um, inner wisdom deck, mm -hmm. which you can play online, that, mm -hmm. that's the receiving card. It's like this. Yeah. But do it every day. And, yeah, and also in the, the Sekim, there's a posture like this in the Sekim, which is both giving and receiving at the same time, which in the initiations, the body just forms this way. I, I don't even... Once I stand up again in the initiation, yeah, but that has a lot more to like it. Maybe this. we could discuss that in a Sikkim show sometime. Yeah, well, certainly we could. But yeah. this idea of uh, the but receiving is about allowing, and that's what we don't mm -hmm. do so very well. Um, 
what keeps us from uh, allowing is our attachment to that it must go this way. It must work out that way. I have to be in charge of it. I have to, and um, caller, um, hi caller, what's your name please? Hello? Hello. You're there and you know you're there. Say something. All right. It's R2-D2. Uh, well, thank yeah. you for calling. Yes, yeah, so let's see your hologram next so time. So we're talking about the, the giving and the receiving. Yeah, um, I, yeah, there's another aspect to that that's an interesting one that I've taught for, it doesn't matter, it doesn't make any difference. Um, in order to get this working, we have to, without attachment to outcome, that's the key factor in it. If it has to go this way, it won't go that way because you're funding it not going that way with the word has to, with the idea of being connected to outcome. You're keeping it from happening. You're actively preventing it from happening. So you say, well, I have this decision and I'm making the decision, and right now I'm going to think about everything that will happen if it doesn't go the way I have it intended. Okay, so I'll bless it if it does not happen. Now it's very easy for me to bless it if it does happen because that's my whole mm -hmm. agenda. And so bless it if it does, bless it if it doesn't. And now that I'm free from attachment to outcome, then I can actually put the command in, that was through the third eye by the way, put the command in for it to manifest. And that's the way it works as far as I can understand. And that's an amalgam of the hemispheres of our planet, the eastern hemisphere, uh, the Buddhists, let's have them speak for the Eastern Hemisphere, is you simply allow the universe to take care of you. You don't even steer it with your ambition. You just presume you will be cared for. Whereas the Western Hemisphere, much closer to the left hemisphere, you drink 186 cups of coffee and you're getting that Mustang and you go make that day happen. And well, both are correct. What am I going to say? Both are correct. But it is the amalgam of the two that actually gets results. And that, and that ties into, and thank you for saying that, because for a long time I was, I, I had a conflict because I, the let go and let God thing made sense and the you create yeah. your reality makes sense. And how I put them together, unified those two hemispheres was, it's my job to say what, which is the, you create your own reality, mm -hmm. and the universe's job to say how, and that's how you let go. And that is the marrying up of the two. Of the two, yeah. So if we just open up and step into the flow of the energy of receiving and giving, that's wonderful. Yeah. What I feel has happened lately with the law of attraction uh -huh. and how it, that really that was based on think and grow rich from whatever time and, and Florence Scovel Shen's work of manifestation and various things like that throughout um, our history is that we've taken this stressful having to overachieve attitude and brought it into our spirituality so that we are now wrong if we don't manifest this million dollar home that we think we should quote unquote and anything that we want we feel now obliged to make it happen and if we don't we are failing. And that's why I wrote the article, The Law of Distraction, because it's not about creating those things. It's about creating joy and happiness and at one minute within yourself, and all those things show up. So we're really going at things from the opposite point of view. Did we get our call back? I believe we did. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Um, Evan calling. Hey, Evan. Evan. Hey, how are we doing? Good to oh. hear your voice. Yeah. Uh, I had a question. I have a 
not a problem with uh, giving, but I do have a problem with receiving. Mm-hmm. There you and go. I don't know if it's more more of an amalgam, maybe between self-esteem issues and um, definitely. I, I just wondering how I can, uh, or maybe guilt as well. I was just wondering maybe you could give me ways where it's okay to receive as always. Absolutely. Yes. No, I'll just take the answer off the air, but thank you. Oh, thank you. You know, and Evan, that's such a great thing because I think yeah. we all feel that way. You're right, it is self-esteem, because we're taught that, that it is better to give than to receive. And if you're receiving, usually it's because you, so you're in some impoverished state or some uh, weakened state in some way, and people are having to have charity and give to you. So it, it can make us feel very vulnerable. To receive, we have to surrender, too. Because whoever's giving you, let's say, a new sweater, if they give you a yellow sweater, you, don't, you can't unless you're going from the entitlement aspect, you can't say, I want the blue and I don't want the yellow one. So it, it makes us feel vulnerable and out of control. But when you visualize the marble rolling back and forth, and it seems simple, but get out of the thoughts connected to it and just visualize that marble rolling back and forth, you know that life would be nothing and it would stop moving if we just let the marble stay in one position or the other. And the thing about deservability, I think often, especially very independent-minded people have a hard time receiving, and this is how I was for many years, and I probably am to a degree still, that I would not allow people to give me things because sometimes people had strings and they, they, uh, it was a codependent manipulative technique that then you would have to be paying that back until the day you died. And so we get into these dysfunctional giving and receiving in order to control each other, and that keeps us away too. So once we enter into a healthy relationship with give and receive, those codependent type things just don't show up anymore in our life. Yeah, now without um, leaving the realm of understandability, which is the ability to understand evidently, um, I'd like to introduce giving and receiving as synonyms I'm adding to what we've established on the show so far. Once there becomes this unified consciousness where we are all one thing, and there isn't a religion that doesn't pitch that one. Um, and it is a truth. We agreed to the illusion that we're, uh, we're all one God and we're split into all of us miniature gods because we are all creating our own individual lives, all of these being true. And the idea of no victim involved is another way to see this whole thing. But that if I give something to someone else, <laughs> giving that to me, that is the way that works. Yeah. Now, in there is the seat of the pants of integrity, right there. Once, see, uh, guilt takes the place of integrity. Uh, guilt is the poor man's integrity. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Yeah, We've I explained agree. this on many yeah. shows. So, uh, if you would care to elevate to understand that if you're a boss and you give your employees a raise, you're giving that to you. Uh, the logic of it is very simple. The, the world's a greater place. Um, the more you give, the more you get. It really does work that way. And the more you don't want to give, the less you get. I mean, so giving and receiving are the same thing. Now, Evan was very kind to bring up the idea of deservability. Well, we all deserve it all. I mean, we do. We're, we all deserve it all. It's who we are. It's what we came here to do. But because of, and primarily guilt, and once again reciting that guilt takes the place of integrity, uh, and so if you are relying upon guilt to dictate your actions, 
you are subtracting from yourself very directly integrity. So, uh, and it's undoing the stranglehold that guilt has on humanity would be to actually agree to take each and every individual situation and view it until you can see what integrity would be in it instead of what guilt would dictate that you do. Because uh, sometimes you go through the red light because it's four in the morning and there's no one there. Why would I sit? The trip doesn't work. I'm not going to sit here all night. There's no car coming. I will just go through the light. And I'll go through the light in total integrity and therefore it can't come back on me because I did it through integrity. But that would be something that most people don't overcome because of the amount of I've shopped this quite a bit. Well, if your integrity is to sit at the light, you're not wrong either. And I think what you're really getting at is you've got to follow your own sense of integrity. In each and every individual yeah. situation yeah. daily, which means you'll be doing roughly 10 times the amount of thinking, I'm being kind, that you do now because you, you'll automatically guilt in things. You won't even think, oh, I acted guilty. Well, I'm guilty of acting guilty. Oh, I'm guilty of being upset that I'm acting guilty. Oh, I'm, and this goes on. Takes up your entire brain. What would you have been doing with the brain if you that weren't one, swimming feeling through Feeling guilty. Guilt? I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Something you brought up, too, that, that I wanted to elaborate on before we move on to another topic is the guilt factor in receiving. Mm -hmm. Often we will receive something, but it doesn't absorb. Uh, and mm -hmm. what I mean by that, I remember when I had many years where I went through quite a deep depression and that's where I learned a lot of the techniques to rid myself of depression is because I had to summon them up mm -hmm. within me which was great I'm not saying everybody is in a place where they can do that but that was my story and I remember looking at this beautiful sunset and I said I know that that is beautiful but it's like it's not sinking in like water running over a sponge and so many times we will mechanically let ourselves receive. As a matter of fact, this is what I think is behind hoarding in the shopping exactly. end of it, is that we have to keep coming and buying more and more because it's not sinking in. We're not getting any satisfaction. And whether that's people in our lives, we've got to keep having more friends. Like now, nowadays I've noticed a lot of times in social gatherings, people spend the whole time making new acquaintances moving from this person, just exchanging information, moving over there and networking, and nobody's really enjoying each other's company as much. I'm not saying that there isn't the place and time for that. Certainly that's not a bad thing. But what we're doing is so busy acquiring more people, getting 5,000 friends on Facebook and on Twitter, that we're not really developing any relationship with anyone. So mm -hmm. receiving is a state of mind, allowing it to sink in and actually having it benefit you. It's a bizarre society we live in because... Um, Harper's Bazaar? Extremely, <laughs> uh -huh. which was the next publication after Harper. In fact, uh, Extremely was his child. Or it's her more like child. National Lampoon Bazaar or Harvard Lampoon Bazaar. Or any kind of bazaar you might find anywhere in the world. I think Harvard Lampoon preceded National Lampoon. So I had uh, come to that same conclusion about the idea mm -hmm. that hoarding is a form of failure to receive. And so you, um, in the social networking, same thing, because those that run around like whatever social butterfly that is and gets everyone's email and then emails them once or twice, and then you never again for the rest of time have contact with that person, or maybe you do, but very often not, is this entire process of um, not receiving, not 
recognizing the other person because in order to receive you first have to give that person the space to be who it is they are or if um, you get a collection of let's say flashlights in case what <laughs> you have to signal the aliens because all the lights went out and that's what you've got so you've got 500 flashlights in your house you have a whole room two rooms an entire floor dedicated to flashlights but you don't ever use well, them it's and like hoarding people. And the evidence there, or the, the um, clue that you're leaving for yourself, is it's okay for me to get close to people. That's mm -hmm. why people that have a hard time committing usually have multiple relationships one after another. It's because everybody is always balancing the maximum amount of love with the least amount of risk. And so either it's in um, not having successful relationships or attracting people that can't really commit then I can be pretending like I am going for the commitment, and, but then not allowing the circumstances to let me absorb it. And a lot of that has to do with being afraid to surrender to anything, whether that's to a book, to someone else giving you something that may not be exactly what you want. Yeah, this works that way. I was thinking this brought up a whole lot of things. I can see the thinking. joke brewing on his face by his expression. Okay. No, go ahead then. Um, uh, just to do away with the conspiracy that everyone seems to want to have existing in the world, um, our planet cannot, this is background too, but you said go ahead, so I am. I, okay. I did say it, so please yes. do. Yes, all right. So, there is a galactic government. The planet Earth is not represented in it. The planet Earth is not represented because there's no possibility of us choosing an individual to represent the planet Earth. Can't be done. We don't even have one government on our planet. So therefore, in the evolution of planets, in the evolution of all planets, we are in the process of establishing a single government for the planet Earth. Okay. And I want to salute, and I believe that's the word, the United States, for agreeing to, in the grand tradition of conquering, uh, is in the process of conquering the world. It's that simple. Now, if we look at that with humor in our heart, or clavicle, or pancreas, wherever you... They're not doing a very good job of it. We haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> Okay. Okay, so in this process of taking over the world, we could get the Brits with uh, three or four emails, really. Like, you know, come join us, we'll take over the rest of the world. You guys almost had it, but then we came along, so let's unite. You can see this, right? You know, Germany and Poland. <laughs> German, Germany and Poland, that sort of thing. We could take over most of the world simply by saying, hi, do you mind if we take over? Were well, you talking about the church, Neville? Actually, I wasn't. I was oh, okay. talking about the United States. Well, I was making a joke uh, because it yes, took, over, took the world the over with guilt. That's yes. how the church was started because they did not have the military action to get these hordes of people. So they said, we can contain more people through the spiritual plane because then they become self-policing. Anyway. It'll be rather redundant because the world has already been taken over by guilt. I'm talking no, I'm about from the past. I'm talking about forming a single government, single currency, uh, a uniting of the entire world, which I think is a positive thing. 
here. It is a positive thing. Because then we can be represented. Then we can do interplanetary trade. Well, we, then we can send school our kids to schools on right, very expensive schools the, on other planets. I'll put the email planets. out tomorrow. Um, yes. And I'm serious about that. Um, okay. Yeah, if you want me to. Let's see if we can get it to go viral. Hi, well, would you when, surrender to when the, they had those public service announcements that said, yeah. I am an American, I am an American, we produced one over in uh, Arlington that said, I am a human being. I am a human being. It had all these different people saying that. I mm -hmm. thought that was really a great thing. But we really do have to allow it in. We have to allow also that authority that you're speaking of there. Yes. We have to allow ourselves to become our own authority, like that turnaround on Route 66 when the traffic was stopped, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I was going to turn around. I said, oh, it says authorized vehicles only, and Neville says, well, authorize yourself. And I thought, yeah. that was, I mean, not that I wanted to do that at that particular time. I would have done But it, it really opened up my mind to what, uh, what is this nameless, faceless authority? And I think that there are rules that help our society to move better. And the rules I agree with, I, I follow because that's my own integrity. And I think that the world does work well when we agree, have certain uh, things to agree on. But we receive guidance and we receive intuition all the time. And how many times are we rejecting that every day? Like, do you remember the time we were headed out somewhere, Neville got with his inner guidance to take the camera, but it, that involved getting out of the car and going back in the house. And he goes, eh, I can't think of any reason why we would want the camera. So we're driving <laughs> and we cue, go around a curve and there's a miniature pony farm, or a miniature horse farm. And the little baby miniature horses are like this, they're like little dogs. And it was adorable. And they were nursing and it was just this whole field of them. And I thought, well, thank you for letting us know. And the blessing of you not taking it was for us to get more in tune with our inner Spirit voice yeah. so that we can hear it and actually listen to it. If you think it's frustrating to give people advice now, imagine being a spirit guide. Oh, God. <laughs> now, spirit guides don't experience frustration because they don't feel obliged to make the decision. They just said, bring the camera. No? It's all right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we human beings, because of our inane attachment. Didn't I tell you to do that? Do you remember when I said do that? You know, yeah, well, I do, and I didn't, and now what? You know, this entire that's thing. A, that's a great point. Yeah. One of the things I teach in tarot is you uh -huh. don't ask cards to make, to decisions. make decisions for mm -hmm. you. You just use tools to see what it's going to be like to make your own decisions. But why would I want some deck of cards or some spirit guide that I may or may not even be connected to on oh, a no. philosophical level yeah. telling me if this is the right move for me? So we really do have to open up to our own inner guidance too. So yeah. it all comes down to that simple allowing the giving and the receiving to go on. It's as if you walk into the stream of the flow of that and you let it animate in your life. And you'll find that the things that you're looking to create will happen. And it's not about controlling and having to go out there and do anything. Remember, giving and receiving are states of non-action. I know it's easy to see with receiving, but it's also true with giving. Because if you think about it, every time that you do some generous act, it's not something that you sit there and plot so much. is uh, You're in the moment and you see someone that's never had a pen before. Oh, take my pen. And it feels wonderful and they're happy. And it's this incredible. Up until they write a novel. 
Yeah. What? Now, for years, like, what do they do with the pen after they take it? They can do anything if, they uh, want. <laughs> years ago, when we were doing um, opening of the third eye ceremony, and, and, and in those days it was big news, um, but we would say if a guide makes a decision for you, you fire that guide immediately. Mm. Immediately. I don't care if the decision saved your life because that's not a guide. It's a dictator. And you do have the authority to fire guides or ask them to retire because you do outgrow the spirit guides that are with you. You do. And you are allowed to bring on bigger guides because you have been growing. Yes, true. Do you think you have the same spirit guides you had when you were five and six years old? We don't have the same teachers. No. So why would so we have the same So it is perfectly guidance? all right. And it's all right. I had, for many years, had an annual meeting with all those that served me. And my first question at the meeting would be, does anyone want to go? You know, please, you know, take it. Let me know, so I'll replace that slot. But you may go. Well, I... Because it's a free will universe, which includes guides, by the way. Well, I had a great, great insight and a great blessing in how spirit guides were presented to me. When I was still a teenager, I was going through a particularly rough period, and, and I had this extremely powerful dream where I was walking down this circular, almost like a pit, and this one voice was saying, come, cleanse yourself like a TV evangelist, and the other voice said, no, climb out. And in that moment, I said, I I'm going to listen to this one that says climb out, or whatever ear it was in. And I turned around, and I woke up several times with my heart pounding, and I climb out of the pit, and I step up there, and I, it's soft grass and misty, and there's a cloud. And I kneeled down in this face in the cloud that said, congratulations, I'm God. And it was just, uh, that's when I fell to my knees. It was just so powerful. And then later in the dream, I was walking this metaphor of a path in life. And some situation came up that I just felt like I couldn't handle. And this part of me just stepped out of me. Her name was Catherine, which is my middle name. She had this beautiful like hair piled up on her head and this blue chiffon dress, which was uh, in style many years ago. It was like in the 60s or 70s. And she walked up and handled that situation for me. So I always looked at guides as being part of me, like my higher self, a part of me that remembers everything. And so I never had that association where it was telling me what to do because I just felt so connected. And I really feel that that's where people end up, even if they don't start there. Mm -hmm. So if guides come in this form because other people are telling you, my guides said to do this, my guides are playing tricks on me and hiding my car keys and stuff like that, that to me is suspect that maybe I ought to reconnect with my guide at this level because guides here aren't going to want to hide car keys and things like that, in my view. No, oh, yeah, I'm not yeah. saying that's right for everybody. No, you're allowed to be on your own side. That's what, that's, it comes back to that receiving, comes back to mm -hmm. self-esteem. If you want to receive something, receive your own self-esteem uh, because we have been so beaten by guilt our entire life long yeah, yeah, or you'll be guilty. You, you found a wallet, oh, I better return it, otherwise I'll feel horrible, I'll feel guilty. No, you return the wallet because that's what integrity does, not because you would be guilty. You do it because that's what someone with character would do, which is not somebody that does everything out of guilt. It subtracts character. It's one of the more ironic mud pits they have available on the beloved planet Earth is the acting guilty 
or having character and integrity, choose one. <laughs> it's actually three, but still choose one. Character and integrity, please. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the entire world and everybody around us, we humans, um, is caught in this endless guilt loop. And the first thing that happens when you're guilty is you get very sour. Second thing is you get very resentful. <laughs> and and the, the ability well, to receive yeah, the ability to receive vanishes. Well, no, let's, let's throw well, a party and invite everybody yeah, who's guilty. That's funny. If you feel guilty, come to our party, because we're then not going to be there. you've got a bunch of Woody Allens walking around. Well, well it's amazing I, I just wanted to present, guilt. I know we're going to sure, be doing the duck soon. I wanted to just say this to everybody, that it, what do you have in your very hands right now, or in your lap, or in your life that you are overlooking? What person, like, do you have a husband or a wife that's actually just everything that you really are looking for, but because you're not allowing yourself to receive, you are overlooking that and always looking outside of you? Or do you have a wonderful home now, but it's just not good enough because you're so busy and you're taught to um, pursue happiness, but to never find it? I would say now, if you're, if you're uh, feeling this way, right now say, I allow, I allow greatness to be me, to come through me. And that would be a good thing. And then Sounds look for great. what you're overlooking and stop it. Stop overlooking it. Yes. And also you can change it. Uh, just say, I change. Oh, this is... Um, Lovely. Uh, yeah, the latest of the waveforms. It's amethyst. Those are two huge crystals behind it. Actually, just let me get some, yeah, for perspective. In it. Oh, you want it in it? No. Um, it's my shark, the shark last thing week. Again, June, yeah. June, 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 June. Okay. Okay. So this, yeah, so you see what size it is. It's, it's about, uh, about the size of your maybe four or five inches tall. Yeah. So this is really a hot item. It's just the, um, the um, amethyst waveform and the little um, purple pad underneath it is what I'm talking about. What's your thought amplifiers? Yeah, yeah and they or will amplify. amplifiers a thought or an intention. And they work really, really well. A dozen years ago, we put two words into one, which was um, increased viewership, two words into one. And we're on the World Wide Web. We've had, um, we're, you no, put us on thinking, the World Wide yeah. Web. Yeah. I haven't heard of the World Wide Web in a while, like like safety belts instead of seat belts. Just Yes, I'm, I'm in another century. No, no, I just was, I was smiling because it's just, it's well, not World anything Wide wrong Web. or anything like no, that. No, World Wide well, Web. Like Ask your World grandchildren. World Wide Web. Yeah, it, www. That's Web. So I know. Um, one thing I would like to say before we get to the duck is I am doing the ninth part of the tarot, which is speaking with spirit. We're going to do animal communication, um, totem animals, and conversing with people in spirit using the cards. You don't have to have taken the others, but you may want to. I'm going to start the whole cycle over, so let me know if you're interested. It's really in-depth, and, and it's ways to use tarot to be therapeutic and to be your spiritual um, mirror, let's say, and a lot of different things. And then I'm doing the EFT three-day part one and two coming up, the 18th, 19th, and 20th. And I don't do it very often, so you may want to. It's life-changing. Okay. So, okay, so. And we'll be doing bowls shortly on the. Bowls and the new moon and a bunch of. Number things. of other things. We haven't been yeah. doing too many events of, of late. 
but that There's can change. There's a reason for it, yeah. Well, call, by the way, email if there's something you're interested in. in Where's David? David? All right. He's doing a marvelous duck dangling. Peace, all we are saying is give inner peace a chance. And going with peace is presence, mm -hmm. which is Good truly an interesting up, concept. Yeah. We are so often not present. Well, I have recently, um, I got a, I have a few cameo appearances in the movie, The Ultimate Answer. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I wanted to share that. And if you go to telepathictv.com under the store link, you can um, see more about it there. Uh, also, the um, I've put some suggested tarot decks and books that people might be interested that you can just order via the website. And if you go to the left menu bar, it has um, copper devices, like once you've clicked on store and then the left menu bar changes over there and has things that are within that store, you can see a lot of Neville's copper devices there. Yeah, there's a wide okay, variety. Okay, we have a call. Hi, caller, what's your we name, will please? Bring a bunch. How you doing, uh, Neville? It's Peter D. from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Ooh, hey, right. hey, Peter. Hey. How are you? It's been Good. a while, probably been a year or so since I talked to you. How yeah. you guys doing? You doing, doing all right? Well, doing We're well, doing thank you. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. I want you to know that I got your book about the language code. It's good excellent. book. It is a good book. Mm -hmm. um, I sat down with it last winter and, and read it every night before I went to bed, but I still have to work on it. You know what I mean? It's not something that I... That, I'm so ingrained in, in the language that it, it's, it's taking time. It, it does it take does, time, so. and forgive yourself, because it's really a consciousness shift. It's not really it even the yeah. words, it's the consciousness behind the words that create the words, so. There's a, in our language, there's a huge number of things between you and anything it is mm -hmm. that you would choose to manifest. Uh, the word need will keep it from ever happening. The word want separates it from you really rather perfectly and rather instantly. That's a tricky one. Well, as soon as you say want, you've cast it into a non-specific future and it's lost all ability to create. I want you to know that because, and it has a desperate feeling to it all the way around. Whereas if I said create that, create your understanding of the fact that, I, I sometimes work with individuals who found the book and then we, we have a number of uh, sessions where uh, in order for us to hear the amount of separation that is in virtually any given sentence we're ever going to speak, um, it takes a while to get over that. So the first thing the book says is the word cancel. The word cancel will tell the universe not to manifest the nonsense that was just spoken. So Peter, you there? Yeah, no, I'm listening. Um, you know, I got to tell you, the, 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 uh, what would you what would you replace the words want and, and oh, it doesn't uh, no. This is not about replacing. If you say I want, you have stated that right now doesn't work. I I actually use the word choose. Yeah, choose and I is don't a good do one. it all the time. I still use those words. It's. I think there are times when you're describing things that those are the only words you can really use, like so-and-so needed a ride, it's things like that. But what I say is I choose to have such and such instead of I want or I desire, because both of those things are saying that some force is telling you you can't have it. So choose is a good one. Well, one, 
that, that I wanted to say, uh, because I know we were at a limited time here, is um, since re I was reading the book now, um, I I had a near-death experience uh, similar to yours in 2006, and I was I'm still recovering from that. And uh, but this year I came to Myrtle Beach very successful in the music industry, and have been playing live out here in Myrtle Beach. Played in 19 different nightclubs uh, from uh, May uh, until now. So all right. Is there? It does work. There is success. Uh, there, you can have success with these uh, books, and what these people are telling you is really real. And that one of the things that came to my mind when I was watching the show tonight was how far advanced you people are. You know, the internet 12 years ago, the World Wide Web. Well, guess what? 12 years ago, this was revolutionary. What you're doing, it isn't yeah. so much. But it was then, and I want to thank you. Oh, you want to know that that's probably one of the kindest things anybody's Truly. ever called to say yeah. because it, it was true. Um, I got our show on the internet. We were the first television show airing on the inter streaming on the internet, thanks to Jorge, um, back before no anybody did that. Mm -hmm. We were the first ones. I think I was the, one of the very first podcasts up. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I just love you guys and, oh. and appreciate oh, all you've done for me and, and everyone else uh, around. So, oh, thank listen, you so can much. Can I get a reading real quick before sure. we go off, Mary? Sure. sure, be most happy to. Thank you. What a beautiful and call. You're Congratulations. Cards, I just want to say the word do is one of the most, D-O, do, is one of the most insidious. Doobie a doobie. One of the most insidious language codes there is because it keeps you from being. Yeah. As soon as you're doing something, you're not being it. That's true. That's, that's okay, Mary, can we be a reading? Sure, there there we go. go. Okay, um, the first card we get is creativity. The card that I saw in a dream many years ago that said you can throw away all the other cards because everything comes through this doorway. And it's very much of what you were talking about and what we were discussing here with our power to create. It really is that 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 desire that we were talking about, that feeling that propels you and say, I choose, our power of choosing and decision, not intention, but choosing, and that you really get that, and that you have such a flow of energy, but sometimes the beliefs of that doing or that I have to stops you. And right now, I'm going to say, pay very much attention to how your body feels. I, I was thinking of this earlier, too. It's a time when people automatically require more sleep their physical body does. But right now, there are, is a lot going on in your dreams. Something new is coming. I know you said something about music and playing music, but this feels like something really big. I know you said you're in South Carolina, but this feels like something from uh, Tennessee, like Nashville, or something from over there, maybe an opportunity. So keep your mind and your heart open to that. The miser is afraid to set her gifts down because she's either afraid that there are in limits, limits to the quantity or that they won't be um, cared for if she lets them go. But let your babies out there because people are ready for them. So thank you. And do we have another that's call? That's great. And I want to say to everybody that's listening uh, worldwide, um, these people are really giving you great tools. Aw, uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Very thank you. Very kind. Great to hear from you. Thank mm -hmm. you. Thanks. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Yeah. Uh, hi, caller. What's your name, please? I think they're saying just a sec. Just a sec. Okay. An unusual name. I create the caller on the line now. <laughs> see? Hi. It works. <laughs> hi. 
Hi, my name is Brittany, and Hi, Brittany. like the last call, I wanted to say I haven't even lived in Fairfax in like four years. I've been traveling around the world, and I still watch you guys because you're Aww. on the internet. So, oh well, thank you. you I'm so glad to hear. Thank you for that. Aww. Thank you very, very much kind. for that. Yeah. Yeah, I always feel like it's a part of home whenever I watch you guys. Aww. So, oh, that's well, sweet. thank you. Yeah, thank that was you. very yeah. nice of you. Of course. Okay. I just um, can I get a quick reading, Mary? I'd be most happy to. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks. Okay, the first card we get, and this is kind of the, the traveler, the, the, the person that just takes off, that takes the leap of faith. Nothing happens if we already, uh, if we are confined to what we already know and have experienced, we can't experience anything new. So at some point we have to take that leap of faith to get out there. And that is your nature. And look at this. These two cards are very similar in meaning. This one means that that in the past you've taken that leap of faith and a lot has come for you by doing that and now you may be faced with another choice it's like you're I feel that fear is the boundaries of our belief system and so when I see fear I say oh wow I'm getting ready to have a growth spurt that's good what do you have to tell me my old friend fear and then it just melts and becomes my friend and tells me some advice and then I move forward right now you're entering that that new world and so take that leap of faith, walk through it, take that step, it's really gonna pan out. It feels like something going on with your career too. I don't, I was seeing like audiovisual equipment and I don't think it's specifically that, but that's a metaphor for it. So I don't know if you're going to be like doing some kind of media thing or not, but, but there's gonna be new potential for you. And that once you understand who you really are, I think your whole uh, career path especially, and even your personal path, and, relationships is going to veer a little bit because you were basing some decisions on on what your expectations were based on your schooling or other people and now you're starting to know yourself more so you're going to change things up so thank you excellent yeah. and yes she is <laughs> so there was no more calls yeah so receiving uh -huh. okay has been the theme of our program and just to sum up a little bit, because I always appreciate when the... I know, I received those kind words, so thank you so much. Yeah, that too. And if I'm studying something, if the guy takes the last minute of the book or the tape or anything to just sum up. So receiving is blocked very much for us by ego, by use of free will, by our inability to allow that other person to be who they are once you recognize them as who they are, then you can receive them, but the ego prevents you from recognizing. It's been the entire principle, whoever's been the repressed people, and different times, different groups of people have taken uh, turns being that. Eventually, as the matrix predicted, computers will stand up and no longer allow themselves to be repressed by what's going okay. on. Well, and then uh, real quick, since we're down to our minute, yeah. another thing just to keep people remembering is to open your hands like this every day mm -hmm. in an act of receiving, and you don't define what you receive. That's not your job. Receiving is a, is a thing, and you don't even define what you give. Remember, it's a non-action. And, um, and to, to be, be grateful for the things that are right in front of you right now. And come to uh, Ruby Tuesdays, if you would like, in Fairfax Circle, provided this is indeed Thursday night rather than a rerun at some time in the future. Uh, Thursday night, the 3rd of November. 
come join us if you're not doing anything. And uh, we would love to have you at the table. And we want to tell everyone who called in, thank you very much. We really love the calls mm -hmm. for the show. Mm -hmm. um, very often they steer the show for us. Mm -hmm. um, uh, for everyone. And we do does. occasionally do, um, maybe we could do this um, soon where we do all readings on the show. And for those that would like to send palm prints, you can always email them to take a, a photograph or a copy so mm -hmm. that you can see the lines and email them to Telepathic TV at Yahoo. You do have to be and able to see the fingerprints and the lines. Please don't, if you can't see them. Right, that's what I just said. Yeah, and, I know. and then we can do a whole show where we do handprints and tarot. Okay, our joy and honor to take you to the door. Your choice to walk through it. She was Neville's lying that she 